What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, how you can use placebo power now. This is such a fascinating topic. I love it. Okay, did you know... There is a popular prank you can pull. This happens a lot, I think, like hazing college students. What you do is you take a glass, just a short glass, and you pour some tonic water in it, which is non-alcoholic. And then you put a nice, big, juicy slice of lime on it. And then you take it to somebody and you say, okay, you get free drinks tonight, but Take it easy. These are stiff. All right. And you start feeding a person these completely non-alcoholic drinks. When you are telling that person it is still alcoholic, when you do that after a while and not very long, the person will often start acting really, really drunk. And like, like the, the village high. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Look, basically. So drunk that the person can actually fail a field sobriety test. You know, the kind of test like a police officer would give you if a breathalyzer isn't around. That's what they used to do back in the old days. This happens all the time. And you know what? I don't think I've ever actually tried this out, but I've seen videos and I've heard stories about it. And so I bet I've always thought that was really interesting. I, I have no reason to believe that the person would fail a breathalyzer test, but the person's behavior definitely changes. Uh, 
And then um, the person, of course, starts acting uh, so uncoordinated that, again, he or she could even fail a test. This is an example of what is called the placebo effect. That is a placebo is a Latin phrase. It means I will please. And this dates back, oh gosh, hundreds of years. And the funniest thing is, as weird as that may sound, the placebo effect will often work even if the person is told in advance that it's a placebo. So, and there are cases where you could actually say, this is tonic water. There is no alcohol in here, and this is a slice of lime, but you're going to feel drunk. And the it will, you can get the same effect in many cases. So the placebo effect, I, it's weird enough that it works at all, but it's especially weird that it works in so many cases, even when the person knows that it's a placebo. This is absolutely fascinating to me. Because it shows how much sort of uh, creative power that we have when we start focusing uh, mentally on an expectation. And this actually relates some to the self-fulfilling prophecies, of course, that I've talked about in the past. And I think I might circle back around to that. But this this element of the placebo effect is... Perhaps the closest that some type, uh, some types of like clinical scientists have come to actually documenting this mysterious phenomenon that takes place when we manifest things, when we create things, whether we create good things, uh, or creepy things, materialize a ghost or a UFO encounter or a new job or whatever. Okay. All of us are sort of magicians. And some of us are just poor magicians <laughs> and they can't get it right. But you can learn. You can learn. And uh, before I go further with this, I just want to read you sort of the the official definition of the placebo effect. And uh, this is actually a topic that comes to me as a listener request, because I did a show about this phenomenon on my old podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily, which is still out there. There are hundreds of shows that you can listen to for free. Uh, if you don't mind some, you know, raw, unedited content and sometimes some, uh, R-rated language. Uh, but for the purposes of this show, uh, you know, I, I figured, let me revisit this because I know more about this now and it's just become more fascinating than ever. So, if you actually go to Wikipedia and you look up the definition of the placebo effect, it's actually, uh, I think, a pretty harsh uh, description, which gives you an idea of some bias here on the part of uh, whoever wrote this. Because, you know, Wikipedia, it's, anybody can chime in on these things that are kind of controversial. It says a placebo is a sham substance. It's like, whoa, hold on, sham? That's a pretty strong word to start with, isn't it? I, I looked it up. Here's the definition of sham. It says bogus or false or a thing that is not what it is purported to be. 
So I guess that's kind of true, but is it is is it a sham substance or is it just a substance that is producing uh, a mysterious effect? You know, we, we uh, look. Let's not get to the semantics, but we go back here to what it says. A sham substance or treatment which is designed to have no known therapeutic value and common placebos include inert tablets like sugar pills or inert injections like saline, you know, salt water, basically, and and other procedures. And in general, placebos can affect how patients perceive their condition and encourage the body's chemical processes for relieving pain and other symptoms. And uh, then they go down, you know, a list of different types of uh, of ways this has been used. And it says here, the idea of the placebo effect was discussed in 18th century psychology, became more prominent in the 20th century. Uh, doctors believing they are clinically important. So anyway, um, it, they repeat what I was just saying. It's placebo. Uh, placebo is the uh, Latin for I shall be pleasing. And it says in a clinical trial, a placebo response is the measured response of subjects to a placebo. And then, uh, you know, you, you get the idea of all these things that people are attributing to the placebo effect. A lot of people say it relieves them of pain and nausea. Um, so anyway, look, I have found personally that when, when scientists go out there and they start running tests, they get very frustrated when they do not have a 100% success rate. So it's like, and they, and they never do. Because so there's always a margin of error there. And so whenever uh, a study is being done, even with some type of, you know, firm medication, some type of, uh, you know, established chemical reaction that's supposed to happen, there is always this period of this, again, this margin of error, this space that's left open, wherein, well, this, you know, we didn't give the person this thing, but the person had the effect Anyway, well, we can't explain that. So, yeah, let's just dismiss that as part of the margin of error. And so uh, I think it's kind of irresponsible to say, well, maybe that, you know, studying that margin of error is just as important as understanding um, everything else about this entire testing process. I mean, some scientists have gotten so specific that they say that they have found that if you do these tests and you give people a yellow placebo pill, it seems to be most effective at treating depression. Red pills cause the patient to be more alert and awake. Green pills help to ease anxieties. Uh, white pills seem to soothe stomach issues. And they say it seems to work best when you take them at least, you know, four times a day. And if there's a brand name of some kind that's stamped on them, that also works better than having nothing written on them whatsoever. 
So we, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more about like what might be happening here. Because some people think placebo is just BS. And I'm telling you, no, there's something important here. And I'm going to give you some tips on experiments you can do to tap into that power and use it to your benefit. Hey, listen to this. I am going to be moving soon. I will tell you more about that in the future. But it's a great time for me to give away some free stuff. Because I don't want to have to move all this stuff that I have. I buy really cool things for myself and... I'm like, you know what? I don't need all this stuff. So I am going to be giving away a lot of cool, weird, free stuff, including a home spa that has never been used. Brand new home spa. Yes, I'm talking about, you know, the warm bubbles. I'm going to give it away for free to people who subscribe to my free e-newsletter and or my Twitter uh, go to joshuapwarren.com. That's the first thing you need to do. Sign up for my free e-newsletter. It takes you two seconds to do that. Just put your name, your email address in the box, hit submit, and you'll get some instant gifts from me just for doing that. And then follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and that will increase your chances of getting a prize. And I'm going to get your address, and I'm going to mail you something physical. All right? joshuapwarren.com. That's me. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And why... Do you think that so many people instantly believe that the word placebo means BS? Okay, if it works, does that make it BS? No. Well, but if it works, but you don't know how it works, that makes it BS? Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Well, that does us a lot of good, huh? What kind of a... (laughs) How, um... How uh, how uncurious, un- un- non-curious would you have to be to see the world that way? To not be like, well, no, this is actually the most interesting part of this whole process. How does that work when I, when this is this is the mystery here? And do you think it's possible that maybe we rely upon technology, including medical technology? Uh, too much as a crutch sometimes and that you'd be surprised what you might just be able to do for yourself by taking advantage of this mechanism known as the placebo effect even if you know that it can work when you know it's a placebo uh (laughs) I mean, this is what is so incredible because it's giving us more insight into our relationship with reality and the fact that you can put yourself in a certain state of mind in which it might help you to just make something happen, even if you don't know how it happens. A little later, I'm going to tell you why that faith is overrated. Uh, And I'd love to get into that right now, but just hold off for a second. So I find this whole thing amazing on so many levels because we're not just talking about data that should be dismissed as people acting, you know, their imagination or what. No, we're talking about some kind of an interesting power here that many humans, if not all humans, possess. And I think that any manifestation tool takes advantage of the placebo effect to some degree. And, you know, over the years, a lot of people have asked me, how do I think something like the wishing machine works? And the simple, honest answer is, I don't know. Uh, Nobody knows. It is a mystery. Uh, And then I will often follow up and say, but what if the wishing machine is somehow the most effective placebo that has ever been created by humans. Maybe that's it. Uh, so what if it works and, uh, you know, it, 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 it makes your wishes come true and you say that's good enough. We don't always have to know. Someday we may have more information. However, I will tell you that personally, I'll pause here and get on off on a, a side track here because i think in my opinion the wishing machine does not solely work as the product of a placebo because that particular device has got quartz crystals inside of it arranged in a kind of circuit and you might say 
okay, well, what does that have to do with the power of belief and all that? Well, I'll tell you. Look, there, technology is real. You can, you know, believe you're going to fly and flap your arms all day and you're, it's not going to happen unless you get on an airplane or something. So, you know, there is a real thing called objective technology. And I think that one, one reason the wishing machine is so powerful is because it does have quartz crystals and very sp- special types of crystals in a special arrangement. And I always fall back on this. This is one of my favorite articles. This is from Scientific American. This was published almost 10 years ago. And 2013 by Timothy Horniak. And uh, it says data saved in quartz glass might last 300 million years. And they go on to say that many laboratories still rely on magnetic tape, blah, blah, blah. But it says Hitachi recently announced that it has developed a medium that can outlast not only this old school format, but also CDs, DVDs, hard drives, MP3s, whatever. It says the electronics giant partnered up with uh, Kyoto University's Kiyotaka Miura to develop these little slivers of quartz glass that can preserve information for hundreds of millions of years with virtually no degradation. They say it's a little square of quartz, two centimeters wide and two millimeters thick. So think about like, you know, like how a little glass microscope slide looks. Well, imagine a little square that's like half the size of that. Probably looks like half, half of one of those. And it says it houses four layers of dots that are created with this special laser. And the dots represent information in binary form. And it says that uh, these can be read with various optical microscopes because the layers are embedded. Surface erosion will not affect them. And it has a storage density a little better uh, than that of a CD. And it goes on to say it was undamaged. Well, now listen to this. When exposed to 1000 degree heat for two hours in a test. And the results of that led Hitachi to uh, to conclude that this quartz data could last hundreds of eons. And uh, so they go on to say, like, many quartz-based rocks from the time of Pangaea long, long ago are now sand. And uh, I think they're implying that maybe there's some information that's left in there. Well, this is Scientific American. And so... It may be that the human mind, um, you know, this electrical machine that's always radiating power has some way of imprinting these quartz crystals and you can give them some type of a, a command. You can charge them with a, a purpose and then you can forget about them and they continue sitting there working for you. And. If you can get that much information stored for so long in a little sliver of quartz, imagine a big chunk of quartz, you know, like we're talking three dimensional volume here. This is why I do actually think there could be something to the idea of the crystal skulls. Uh, And I have a few crystal skulls and weird things happen around them. Someday I'll tell you some of those stories. 
Uh, I have some big ones and some small ones. And I've, I've got an alien crystal skull. <laughs> it looks like, you know, one of those from Indiana Jones. And there may be uh, some type of remnant of consciousness that's stored inside there that's able to be accessed later. Remember in the Superman movie with Christopher Reeve, the original one, how he tapped into the crystals at the Fortress of Solitude and was able to resurrect some representation of his father. Uh, Marlon Brando played that character who starts telling him, uh, you know, where he's from. And it's like he's accessing this interactive holographic experience. Look, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but but again, I'm just saying, I think that you can combine certain types of conscious, sensitive um, items or, or media like these crystals in certain arrangements and enhance this so-called placebo effect. But as I was saying, when they test drugs, these are, you know, these hardcore critical scientists and, and they sort of brush aside this margin of error because they cannot explain it. Um, that is where we should be looking most intensely. What is happening in that margin of error? Because what this shows you is that there is proof in certain cases, at very least of a mental effect on the world, especially your own body that cannot be explained by just chemistry and electrical impulses alone. Here's an interesting thing to think about. Did you know that there are atheists who pray? Now, they do not believe there is a God, uh, but they still pray. And they do that because they believe it's beneficial to have the human experience of praying to an imaginary entity. And I, I, and I, now this to me means that we're talking about a person who is doubtful enough about the reality. And, and actually more than doubt, if you're an atheist, you're usually coming right out there and you're saying, I don't believe there is anything more than this material world that I should be worried about. And yet you still sense the benefit and the value of going through this process of praying because you've seen it work. And and you might think that if you're an atheist who prays and you see it work, that you would start like reconsidering what's happening here and maybe open your mind about that. But you see, you have to think about using every tool at your disposal to succeed in life. And as I told you, faith, however, is not the most powerful thing. When I come back, I'm going to tell you what I think the most powerful thing is. How you can trick the brain. And I'm going to give you some experiments you can do for yourself to try to tap into placebo power. Why not? I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. It might surprise you to hear me say that faith is not the most important thing. The most important thing is perception. Now, here's what I mean. Faith is something that you have control over. To have faith, you make a choice. Perception is something that you have very little or perhaps no control over. It's something that just works. It's an effect um, it's something that even if it's a trick, it still works and gives you a desired result. Let me explain what I'm talking about. In my book, Finding Your Magic, How to Hack Reality, which is something that you can get, you can download it right now as a, as an ebook. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and go to my curiosity shop, it comes with all kinds of goodies if you go there, and it's not very expensive. Um, and finding your magic, I I use an optical illusion as an example of this. We've all seen these optical illusions where you're looking at a still picture, especially if it's in a, a book or something, and it looks like there are patterns on it that are that are spinning. Or moving in some way as if they are animated. Now, you know they are not moving. You absolutely know that this is not moving. And yet, when you look at it, they're moving. And every, and, and the, the authors and the artists and the scientists go, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? It just, there's nothing you can do about it. It just, that's just the way that your eyes are going to work. 
Now, look, it, again, it's not 100% consistent. I mean, there are some illusions, optical illusions, that work better for some some people than others. You know, some people have trouble seeing those kind of like magic eye 3D things that used to be popular back in the day. I've always been really good at seeing that kind of stuff. And but anyway, you see my point? Um, It doesn't matter whether or not I have faith that these things are, are spinning. Uh, there are certain designs and, and certain presentations and interactions that you have with the world in which there is simply an effect there that you cannot control. And that is based upon the way the human mind is currently designed to perceive things. And you can use that to your advantage um, to trick your mind into doing whatever you want it to do. Use whatever mental tools that you can use to achieve a result. And you might say, well, okay, the placebo effect is something we hear a lot about when it comes to uh, taking a medicine. But actually, this can be applied to all kinds of things. Like I was saying, I did a podcast, let's see, uh, episode 56 of this show called How to Create Power with Self-Fulfilling Prophecies. And I think you'll see that the two are related. Uh, in fact, there is this cool article that I read um, from examples.yourdictionary.com. And it's it's about self-fulfilling prophecy examples. And it says there are two types of self-fulfilling prophecies. The first one is called other imposed. And the second type is called self-imposed. And here, here are the examples of that. They say, like, here would be an example of an other imposed. Uh, they say, imagine a student, Jamie, is about to take a college entrance exam. And she has spent lots of time preparing. As she's walking to the building to get the test, her, her dad calls her. And her, dad's, her dad says that she's always had a hard time with anxiety and he, he, that, that she shouldn't be surprised if she doesn't get a good score. So he tells her that. And then when Jamie sits down to take the test, her heart is racing. Now, maybe he meant well by by saying that to her, right? But still, she can't think clearly. She knows she's going to run out of time. And anyway, so she kind of struggles because she's panicking a little bit more. And it says when she gets her score, it's lower than she wanted. That is a case of other imposed self-fulfilling prophecy. So this is almost like a placebo that is that is implanted directly through the power of suggestion with that level of simplicity. And then there is self-imposed. They say, imagine a guy named Ryan is getting ready to ask a woman for a date. And Ryan has previous experience with rejection, and he thinks he sees a trend. He's sure the woman will reject him when he asks for the date, but he decides to do it anyway. So he walks up to her with his hands in his pockets and his head down, and he mumbles, I know you probably don't want to go out with me, but I'm asking anyway. And just as he predicted, she turns him down. So that is a classic self-imposed, self-fulfilling prophecy. And they say that this happens a lot in the areas of like teacher expectations, expectations of pain, economic decision-making, workplace paranoia, employee creativity. Uh, I mean, you can look into this and you can see what I'm, what I'm talking about here, how it all connects very much to this concept of 
the placebo effect. So knowing how this works, how do we really take advantage of it? How do we really tap into this? Okay, try this out. Like I say, all manifestation devices, to some extent, take advantage of this effect. You don't have to know how it works. Just know it works. So you can do it for anything. Take a glass of water. Write something that you want on a piece of paper and put it on the glass. Fill it with water and drink it. And let it sit there and percolate. It could be anything. It could be the way that you want to feel. It could be something that you want to happen in your life. It could be uh, any combination of abstract concepts for what you want to manifest. I think somebody like Dr. Masaru Emoto would appreciate this idea as well, that you are, you know, he was the guy who was doing experiments to document how that thoughts could change the structure of water, could change what you'd be ingesting. So write down what you want and drink it. Uh, you could even do the alcohol experiment, you know, where you have a non-alcoholic drink and you just start drinking it and see if you feel like you're getting the buzz. <laughs> but you can do it for anything. But here's another variation on this if you really want to experiment, which is pretty cool. Have a friend help you. So let's say you have some kind of a, a liquid medicine that you're comfortable with and you have a friend, a partner of some kind that decides to work with you on this experiment and, and you put the medicine in one drink and not the other. But this needs to be a liquid medicine that can go into a glass of something that hides the taste, like a strong tea or a strong soda or whatever. So... So you have one glass that's got the, the medicine and then you have a second one without it. And only your partner knows which is which. So you try just picking one of those two up every day for a few days and you don't know what you're drinking and just drink it. And then at the end of this period of days, you ask your partner, it's like a blind taste test. What was I drinking? And see if, you know, you felt any, if you could detect a difference, right? You can do it for anything. One of the most interesting subjects to me is something a lot of people don't really think anything about. It's called ontology. It's a branch of philosophy that studies concepts such as existence, being, becoming, reality and how that these entities are grouped into basic categories. It ties right into metaphysics and trying to systematically sort of break all this down. You can take things like substances, properties, relations, states of affairs and events and how they affect the human mind and the ultimate physical outcome. And this is so fascinating to me because I think one of the reasons that manifestation works, especially when you start getting into some of these more elaborate sort of placebo experiments, is that what we're doing here is we're, we're not 
just always restricting ourselves to we have one possible outcome, like a scientist who's testing an, an outcome for a drug. Life is more complex than that. Life consists of physical phenomena as well as mental and emotional and spiritual phenomena that all go into how we behave. We're not just animals. When somebody dies, we don't just let them lay there and the vultures eat them. No, we have a big ceremony and we say nice things and we put them in the ground and we put flour. Why do we do all that? Well, we do it because it means something to us on a mental and spiritual level. You can take any combination of concepts and ontologically represent them into the manifestation technique using something as simple as this glass of water and the placebo experiment and add it to whatever else you're doing. Add it to whatever else your experiments are and let me know what happens. We have to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you something really cool that happened to me recently. And then I want to read an email to you I got from a woman who said she didn't believe in any of this stuff, but now she does. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I will be right back. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, 
And here's something just sort of funny that happened to me not too long ago that brought a smile to my face. <laughs> the meaning to just bring this up. Uh, not too long ago, recently, my, my old pal, Forrest Connor, came into town here into Las Vegas with his lady friend to visit me and Lauren. And uh, we went out and had a grand old evening. And, you know, we had a nice dinner, etc. And at the end of the night, when we were at this big, busy casino about to part ways, uh, of course, we realized, hey, we, we need to get some pictures before the night's over. And so the four of us, we gathered around. And I can't remember if this was a selfie because, you know, somebody had a, a good angle. <laughs> you know how that is. Or if we asked a server to take the picture, I can't really tell. But it's this great picture of the four of us all huddled around. And this is probably like two o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> and uh, so the next day, of course, whoever had the picture sends it out. And I realize as soon as I see it that in the background, in this busy casino, there is this random man who is kind of walking through the scene, but he, you could tell he pauses for just a moment and the guy, he, he has a big, long, dark beard and he's wearing one of these kind of flat caps. Like they, I think they call them like a newsboy cap, like they'd wear in the twenties, like the Wright brothers would wear. So this random strange man in the background, he is looking directly into the camera. He is grinning ear to ear, just beaming with joy and giving a big old thumbs up. <laughs> and I was like, what? This is, this is my favorite part of this picture because I started thinking about how that that guy who I presume I will never, I will never know. I will never see him again. <laughs> this is lost. Somehow or other, you know, I am now connected to this moment with this guy because he could have turned and he could have been doing anything back there. And in this town called Sin City, I think you know what I mean. He could have been doing some pretty nasty, freaky or negative things to ruin our picture. Instead, he took a moment. And he could have just ignored it, but he said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be in the background of this thing. And he made it positive and he made it great. And I smiled and laughed and he made me feel good. And something as simple as that should be an example for you as how that when you're living your life every day, you never know who's going to be seeing you, what situation you're going to end up in. And I guarantee you that that guy, he had no idea who we were and that that experience would ever be talked about on a coast to coast AM podcast that goes out to millions of people all, all over the world. I mean, like, <laughs> so, um, when it comes to bearing in mind, like the power of how you think and the positivity that you live your life with, uh, and how that, exudes throughout the world and, and helps other people feel better. I mean, like simple stuff like that shows you the power of these, these concepts and thoughts that you can start managing in order to improve not only your life, but the lives of those around you.
Here is an email I got from a lady in South Carolina. And, you know, I am from North Carolina, and I won't tell you exactly where she lives, but she lives at one of my favorite places. Her name is Barbara. And she said, I had some serious reservations buying the wishing machine. But now it dawns on me that I wish for a new car and I got one. My husband took his electric car into the dealership to get some repairs done, and I had taken him in, in, in my car. As we were leaving, he said that the Toyota place was just down the road and that he knew I liked Priuses, so he says, why don't you see if they have one you like? Well, they did. So he said, all right, let's go ahead and get it. She said that was about a year after I had put the picture and the message on the wishing box, and it took me a while to realize that the wishing machine had worked. Then last week, I was very concerned that my garden might be compromised by some very cold weather. Everything was coming out with new leaves and new growth, and so I put a protective clock over my garden, and I knew it was going to be all right, and it was all right the next day. I I am a very positive person, but I have a problem that I need help with. So I have decided to order one of your bad busters, your psionic dematerializers, and I'm looking forward to receiving it. Thank you for being you, Barbara. Well, you know what, Barbara? I'm so glad that you sent me that. Thank you, because this is a great example of what what so often happens. Um. Someone gets a wishing machine because they say, you know what? I'm in a position where I can, I can experiment with this and they do it. But there's that little voice saying, come on, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. And so it, when it does work, sometimes you don't realize it's worked until you look back in retrospect. And even though it took a year, well, you're talking about this working for a person who didn't even think it was going to work at all. And once she said, whoa, okay, uh, that worked. Well, guess what? Now she's manifested the next thing much more quickly because once you manifest your first big thing, you have worked that muscle out and then you can start manifesting things much more quickly. The Just like anything else, the more you practice, the better you get at it and the faster it comes to you. But I tell you what, once you get that flow, you got to keep it going. You better not stop because if you do stop and you get down to the dumps, it'll all come crashing down on you again. So, you know, keep it going, keep it going. And you can be a magical person every single day. And, you know, the more complex the wish, the more difficult to attain, the more pieces that have to come together, the longer it may take. But that does not mean that it will not happen. And then, uh, like I say, once you get in the swing of things, you're good. Uh, let's see. I think I can squeeze in one more email. That's pretty cool. This is from Max, who is an information and technology systems specialist. He said, I was about five or six years old when I tried to run across an expressway. And I guess... I was not running fast enough. I got run over by a truck, but some beings saved me. 
I heard them contemplating whether or not I was worth saving. And finally, one of them said to the others that, yes, I should be saved. And I then became fully conscious and found my body perfectly aligned under the truck so that nothing had actually happened to me. I was completely uninjured. Both my brother and I used to hear and see these beings. Thank you, Max. You know what? Stuff like that, and I get a lot of it. It makes me think that there really may be um, a classroom here that we're in where we're, we're, we're being taught to open our minds, to be more spiritual, enlightened beings. We're being taught that we can manifest things and that if you have the right mindset, there, you, you, you have help waiting there for you. You have people who can actually assist you. Angels. Yes. Demons. Maybe. I don't know, but I love hearing positive stories. And that's why I'm still collecting stories right now for this new anthology I'm putting together. I want your story. If you, okay. It, it's a book that's going to be coming out. I, I hope sometime this year and it's called amazing happy endings. And I want you to submit a story to me about something amazing that's happened to you. It's got to be short and it's got to be true and it has to have an amazing happy ending. And if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll see a link right now at the top that you can click there in yellow letters there that says click here to submit a story. I've gotten some great ones in, but I want to get more. I'm hoping I can get maybe close to like a hundred really, really good solid stories. So go send me one. All right. Now let's all get positive. Let's relax. Take a deep breath. And let's subject ourselves to a vibration that will help us make the next week of your life one of the best ever, okay? Here is the Good Fortune Tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs>